You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When the red light goes. Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti, giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome on in to the latest episode of the Off Air podcast. Chris Thomas joined by the head on Joe, Mike Conti, and Mike. I'm going to start off today's episode with a question before we dive into our main topic in this first segment here. Do you feel like this year's March Madness has a little bit more oomph behind it? And I can't figure out why, but I just feel like it's a little more engaging. People are talking about it more. Do you agree? Yeah, I do, and I think it's just because, you know, typically you'll get one, maybe two Cinderella teams in the Final Four. You don't usually get three or four, and you you definitely have at least three Cinderellas this year. It's just been so unpredictable, and I I think it, it almost got to a point this year where everyone's brackets got so blown up that it became less of a competition amongst each other and who had the best bracket and more just, okay, well, Forget it. We're not going to win our our office pool or whatever. We don't do that here at 92.9, but you know what I mean. I'm talking about those of you watching. All right, we're not going to win our pool. Let's just savor what we've got. Let's savor the the bizarre nature of what's happening. And and this is, I think, the most bizarre Final Four we've ever had. I mean, I, I, I was thinking back to... A couple of years ago, it got kind of weird, like South Carolina and Oregon got in there, but you still had North Carolina and Gonzaga. Uh, there was a year where you had Virginia Commonwealth and Butler, and uh, UConn ended up winning it, but but you had a couple mid-major schools in that year, but Butler had been in it the year before, and I, this is just crazy. I mean, yeah. you could have Florida Atlantic against Miami, for the national champ, the Battle of the Bay, yeah, the Battle of Biscayne Bay, Florida, Atlantic, and Miami for the national championship. Meanwhile, Kentucky not there. Kansas, see ya. Uh, North Carolina, Duke out. Like I'm thinking about the the our sister station down in Miami today. They've got to feel like they're. Uh, they're probably going to need to call, you know, our colleagues in Louisville, Kentucky, or Raleigh, North Carolina, or Kansas City on, on how to deal with all this because this is incredibly bizarre. So, yeah, I, I think the random nature of everything, there have been some really good games, some very compelling stories. I, I Quite frankly, I think a lot of people were rooting against Alabama, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 
being knocked out on Friday, I think, got a lot of people really excited. So, yes, long answer to a short question. I do feel like there's been some added oomph this year. Well, to piggyback right off that, the oomph will be taking its way to 92-9 the game, which will be taking its way down to Houston. And, Mike, tell us about what's going on and who's going to be involved and, most importantly, why it's important to have a 92-9 the game presence there. Yeah, Carl and Mike are going to be at the Final Four on Thursday and Friday. They're going to broadcast from Radio Row, which typically is done in conjunction with the the National Coaches Convention down there. And our friends at Westwood One are going to be uh, hosting us down there for Radio Row. We really appreciate their hospitality. So Carl and Mike will be doing their show from Houston on Thursday and Friday. And the reason why we're down there is um, – we're going to be able to bring you some content and some guests that we just would not be able to bring you being in the studio in Atlanta. The the cool thing about radio row is you can sit down at one table and you can have Mike Krzyzewski come up to you. And then five minutes later, you know, maybe, um, you know, Will Purdue comes up to you. Will Purdue, former Chicago bull, who is now an analyst on Westwood one. And then, Five minutes later, maybe Billy Donovan comes up. to, And, you know, it it just kind of goes from there. And, uh, you know, being able to look at our guests face-to-face, I think will will be a little bit better, a little more ideal from a quality of interview standpoint. We do the best we can when we talk to someone over the phone. But there's nothing that really is a substitute for the face-to-face interaction that we get when we're on Radio Row. And quite frankly, you know, we're going to Houston to tell the story to our listeners back in Atlanta because, again, as we talked about a moment ago, I think it's a really compelling story. Mm-hmm. It's a really compelling story that Florida Atlantic. I mean, I had never heard of Florida Atlantic outside of when Lane Kiffin coached there. Foul uh, on the prowl. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's a super compelling story that San Diego State, which actually has a really good basketball tradition, yeah, I went there. You know, they've been in the tournament the last couple of years, but they finally have broken through now. Have you heard the uh, piece of trivia that's been floating around the past week or so about them? Not sure. No, I Do don't you know think who, so. You know who their all-time assist leader is in basketball? At San Diego State? Yes. Is it Kawhi Leonard? No. Hmm. Give you uh, one more guess. Oh, boy. I... I I don't know if I could name another San Diego State basketball player. Get this. You ready for this one? Sure. How about yeah. Tony Gwynn? <laughs> How really? about that? Yeah. Really? And there's a picture circulating of a young, thin, yeah. in Tony Gwynn with a big afro playing for the Aztecs. How about that? But it's cool for them, too, because I think getting to the Final Four is probably going to solidify their invitation into the Pac-12. So that's a huge, huge deal for their athletic department. Uh, and then, you know, kind of pedaling all along and the, the team you like to forget, the team that doesn't wear sexy uniforms, the team that used to have kind of a curmudgeonly coach a long time ago, but a team that has been among the most successful programs over the last 25 years is UConn. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of the big dog now left. Um, and then I, I think there's a great personal story with Jim Laranega at Miami, you know, who got – George Mason to the final four, like one of the first really true shock teams in, in the modern era to go to the final four was George Mason, but that opened the door for the Virginia Commonwealth and the Butlers and the Loyola's of Chicago. Uh, and now 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you know, Florida Atlantic, and maybe you could say San Diego State. I'd love to see Jim Laranaga get a chance to win a national championship. So, you know, they're very compelling stories. It's an interesting Final Four. I think it makes us sound big that we're there because it's a big deal, you know, and and I applaud Carl and Mike for making the effort to go there. And I think you're going to hear a lot of entertaining content. I think you're going to hear a lot of interesting interviews, and you're going to get some really unique insight on what is one of the great sports weekends of the year coming up. Final Four weekend is one of the great sports weekends of the year, and we're going to be right in the middle of it, which is really, really exciting for me. Yeah, and uh, to close this segment out, we know Mike Bell is going to be in his wheelhouse because we're going to do an over-under mentions of the old Big East. We're going to start the clock going on (laughs) Thursday at 2 o'clock for how many times he brings them up. All right, Mike. Yes. So uh, I got to do something cool uh, on Saturday along with my buddy Abe Gordon. We did a broadcast from the Congress Center. It was my first time there, by the way. Wow, was that place impressive. Massive. Um, And very large, very high ceilings, cathedral sort of feel to it when you walk in. And uh, we did a show from the Atlanta International Auto Show. And first of all, if you haven't seen the pictures, I took a lot of pictures and I posted some of the coolest ones up on my Twitter at C Thomas Radio. Abe did as well. You can follow him at Abe Gordon. And uh, the broadcast was a lot of fun. We met a lot of listeners, people walking by. I I got to, Mike, you'll you'll relate to this. Um, I got to experience for the first time while you're live on the air people not realizing exactly what you're doing and walking up to you and trying to talk to you while yep. you're in the middle of a segment with yep. me and Abe going back and forth. And I did feel bad because most of the people got it after a second when we didn't acknowledge them. But there was this poor elderly woman who was looking for the bathroom. And she, for some reason, thought that Abe and I were the people to go up and ask. And you could tell she was at the back end stages of really having to go. And the (laughs) fact that we weren't answering her was getting to her a little bit. Um, And eventually, Eric, the engineer, had to kind of shoo her away, which I kind of felt bad. But I, I hope I hope that woman found the bathroom at some point. The back end stages of needing to go. Yeah, she was Just the, the way you described it. I can feel the desperation. Yes, yeah. by using that terminology, she was on the <laughs> she was on the seventeenth hole. She really needed to. She really, really needed to go. I well, but I understand they had you in the lobby, right? So yes, that, I, I could see where, in defense of that that poor woman, you know, anytime you have a a booth or a tent or something like that in a lobby before you go in it might only be natural to assume you're like an information desk or something like that. Despite the giant 92.9 The Game tent that we're underneath broadcasting from. Well, but if you don't know what 92.9 The Game is, and I I doubt that lady was a P1 of this radio station, uh, I could understand the mistake. She she looked to be around, well, unless it was Mel's wife, because that I think she seemed to be around the age, <laughs> around that age. So you never you never know. 
But yeah, it was interesting the way that they, so as I said, I'd never been to the Congress Center before. It was interesting the way that they laid it out. They kind of like sanctioned all of the cars and everything off to all of the sides. And then you kind of walk straight through and they lay out like a walkway that splits Mm -hmm. into different directions. So there wouldn't have really been a a good place for the broadcast to be set up inside of the actual presentation center. Um, So I'm actually glad that they put us outside because if we were, if we were jammed next to one of these big displays, there basically would have been people tripping all over the broadcast booth to get to the latest, you know, 2024 Nissan Rogue or whatever car was car was on display. Um, so it was really cool. But uh, the one thing I will say, Mike, um, I think the some of the, the car brands, and I won't call anyone out, spent more money on the backdrop display that they have there than on some of the actual cars. There were TVs, there were 3D models, there was like a rainforest set up for one of the car brands. I mean, I didn't realize, but these these car companies go all out to present their new vehicles, but they did do a really good job. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um... <laughs> going back to the radio row comparison a little bit, like it, it is a competition to have the best looking booth. And at the auto show, you know, these are manufacturers who are trying to sell very, very expensive cars. So they need to go all out to make the best possible impression. Who had the rainforest, by the way? I'm just curious. That was uh Nissan actually, as a matter of Nissan. fact, they, were so there they, electric vehicles or, no, or? They, there was nigh an electric vehicle to be found, at really? least at least on prominent display. Okay. If they were there, they were just sort of mixed in with the rest, but there was not not an effort made to showcase or broadcast any electric vehicle, which was That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, I wonder why. But, uh, you know, I did see your photos on Twitter when I was up in Columbus on Saturday, and um, it looked like there were some really, really beautiful automobiles there. I would have a lot of trouble at a car show being restrained with my thoughts on, Oh yeah, I want that one. Yeah. Or I, want that one. I mean, you can't afford any of it anyway. So I guess that would probably help, but um, I fall in love very, very quickly fall in love at first sight with cars. And um, the auto show is um, could be dangerous for, for people that again, I don't have disposable income, but if you had disposable income and you loved cars, that can be, uh, uh, it can be challenging to restrain yourself. And uh, I love the photos of what, what you posted on Twitter. I mean, there were some really beautiful cars. I think it's a fun event to be at in general. Uh, we used to do a lot of auto show remotes before the pandemic. I'm glad they're starting to come back now because um, a lot of people who attend the auto show are listeners of our radio station. They're guys. Uh, they do a lot of driving. I'm sure you saw a lot of trucks, a lot of work trucks, a lot of kind of fleet-type vehicles on display there. We have a lot of fleet drivers who listen to the radio station. So it's a good opportunity for us to get in front of our listeners, even those who don't need to find the bathroom. Yes, exactly. So to the crux of the story now we go. where uh, So we get in, we're setting up, and Abe and I are kind of checking out the place. And there is a booth that's – diagonal from us it's not directly across from us and they are blasting country music like obvious in effort to draw people in to their booth playing the country hits of today i don't know if there was a radio station there or if they were just playing a radio station but there was very loud country music so 
I believe in an effort to keep up with the volume. Our very own sister station, V103, which was set up about five to seven feet from where we were, um, pump up the volume, pump up the volume, as the song so so eloquently sang. So there was a sort of a hip-hop versus country music battle going on between these two booths and v103 was winning and v103 was winning by a large margin and here's how i know why the amount of people that started to walk by that then heard the music and started breaking out into dancing as they were walking by the v103 booth it was a 10 to 1 margin so right. v, V103 was absolutely kicking butt in that regard. And they had Greg Street there, one of the, you know, the afternoon drive DJ. So people were loving seeing him. But apparently, even though we're at the Congress Center at an auto show, uh, the security folk did not take too kindly to this uh, <laughs> BPM battle, we'll call it, between the country station and V103. And they stormed over while, Ga- while Abe and I were on the air. And apparently we're told that if we didn't calm down, that we would be forcibly removed from the premises, meaning all of the booths, not just us, not just V103, not just the country station across Wait the Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 hold on. That doesn't seem fair, though. I know. Like, that seems like kind of a, a broad stroke punishment for – and for that matter, I'm going to believe, because I've been at many V103 remotes before – I'm going to believe that uh, V103 wasn't it, like they couldn't have been doing anything that was out of order or anything like that. No, they were just playing music. It was yeah. it was family friendly. There were no curses. Yeah. It was it was all good. But but they just had to not be drowned out by the country music that was playing across the way from them. So it was they had to both of the stations had to keep their volume at a certain level. And I guess. That was against the decorum of the Atlanta International. Well, auto I just, show. I, I, again, like I picture auto shows as kind of being part, not necessarily party atmospheres, but very, very fun. Yes. And you, you mentioned the displays and the lighting and all of that. Like, I, I would think there would be a lot of special lighting effects and music effects all over the place. Like, I'm not saying it's like walking into a Dave and Buster's, but it's not like walking into a library either. No. So someone's got to bring the soundtrack. Exactly. And here's the thing. Like I said, it's not like there was a bunch of angry people. It was the exact opposite. People were walking by and busting out their best dance moves as they walked by the V103 tent. So I don't understand where all of the hubbub and the commotion came from. People were enjoying the heck out of it. So I listen, I don't know all so I know. How, how did the situation resolve itself? Because so, you obviously got to continue. Yes. So uh Eric the engineer came over and he was huffing and puffing and basically said that uh we need to turn it down, otherwise we're all gonna get the boot. So V103, the country station, and 929 the game all turned it down to almost an audible whisper. 
so that you kind of had to sneak in a little bit towards the tents to hear what was going on. But we made the most of it and we had a blast. I know myself and Abe had a ton of fun broadcasting. And during the commercial breaks, Abe and I, you know, being the awkward, you know, white dudes that we were, we were still, you know, grooving to the V103 music too. We were having a blast, but. None of that surprises me. How did you like working with Abe? Like that, that's a strong duo. You and Abe, that is a very, very strong duo. Well, we are both highly opinionated, highly energetic yep. folk. Um, it was a blast, honestly. Um, I've gotten to work now with a, a few of the different uh, guys and gals at the radio station doing shows with, and that was definitely one of the most fun ones for me because there was never one iota of a second where it felt like things were grinding or moving slowly or there was nothing to talk about because when you get two guys together that – uh, share as many strong opinions as we do. You know, the segments go by quick. I'll put it, I'll put it that way. So we had a great time and hopefully uh, more things like that in the future, Mike. Yeah. I, I would love to hear you guys work together again. I missed yeah. it. I was in Columbus. I mean, it, I have the Odyssey app, but uh, I was not here in person to hear it firsthand. So yeah, uh, we're not going to talk about what happened in Columbus. We'll save that for a different, uh, different, different day. Not, not for this podcast, um, yeah. but, what is for this podcast? And I am very interested to hear your opinion on this. So let's set this up for the people. Um, Dan Lebetard on his podcast had on Stephen A. Smith. You want to talk about two heavy hitters going back and forth at it. Those are two of the biggest in the sports media game going at it right now. And Dan decided during the middle of the interview to call out Stephen A. Smith because he feels like Stephen A. Smith took the likes of uh, outside the lines and the sports reporters and has turned sports TV into a bunch of mush. What the hell are you to sit up there and say me and him? What about you? What the hell were you, I'm living talking, under a rock, I'm teaching ta- at, at Miami U? You were part of it too? I'm talking, you ain't innocent? I'm talking about all the imitators that you have birthed. Uh, all of the All of the imitators that are all over the place thinking without the journalism credentials, that uh, the the point of all this is to turn it into an argument on television. Well, I would take umbrage of what you're saying in this regard, Dan. Those people who don't have a journalism background, um, who don't exercise uh, journalistic ethics and beyond, how are we responsible for that when our background is based on that? Skip Bayless was a journalist for decades. I was a journalist for decades. We came, we come on television and those ethics are applicable. So I finished saying those ethics are applicable. So Dan Lebetard is basically saying you've birthed an entire, through first take, you've birthed an entire generation of sports TV that the only point of it is to argue for the sake of arguing as opposed to putting out an informative and entertaining product. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't think Lebetard's wrong, um, but I don't think that's something that Stephen A. Smith needs to have to be on the defensive about either um it's not his fault i mean i don't think stephen a smith went out and uh heck i I remember stephen a smith when he was on fox sports net like in the (laughs) late 90s as their nba correspondent i remember when stephen a was writing for the philadelphia inquirer when i was a kid like so um i don't think stephen a like 
sought to create this empire of sports debate television. Stephen A. was an NBA reporter who had very strong opinions and was entertaining and got opportunities to be on Fox and eventually ESPN and still with ESPN for a very long time because of that. I don't think that's anything that Stephen A. Smith needs to apologize for. Uh, and I don't really understand, I guess, what Dan Levitard is trying to uh, like. Is he trying to accuse him of something? I, I don't get that. Yeah, um, he's, he's trying to accuse him of essentially ruining sports television, I guess. But, but no, I, I don't. Why is that Stephen A. Smith's fault? Stephen A. had strong opinions and executives put him on TV because he's good at it. And a lot of people watch him. And he's very consistent in what he does, and he's doing his job. Yeah, I, I don't think Stephen A. Smith at any point of his career sat in a moment of self-reflection and said, you know what, I need to do things in such a way that young people are going to want to seek out careers in, in sports television where all they do is sit around and debate each other and scream at each other. I don't think Stephen A. ever you know, intended for that to happen. Um, I mean, certainly Stephen A, I guess, is responsible for being a part of that genre. But I think the point I'm trying to make is he didn't create it. And um, I think it's a, it maybe a teeny bit unfair of Dan Levitard to, to kind of assign blame to Stephen A in that regard. Now, yeah, I mean, Stephen A reportedly makes more money than anyone else at ESPN. Except uh, for uh, Troy Aikman. Except for Troy Aikman. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how Troy's coworkers feel about that. <laughs> that oh, yeah. <laughs> for but another no, show. But no, Stephen A is good at what he does and he gets paid accordingly. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there's, I think there's really a lot of um, fairness on the part of Dan Levitar there. And by the way, that's not to say I endorse what Stephen A. Smith does. I don't endorse First Take as a show. I feel like it. it some of the topics are, are very, very, very half-baked and are uh, created intentionally to um, generate debate, not any kind of meaningful discussion. So it, I, I don't think First Take always adds to the discord. Like There are a lot of things I don't like about First Take, but I don't blame Stephen A. Smith for creating First Take. He didn't. He's just been a part of it. Yeah, and I, I think Dan is trying to assign responsibility for something to Stephen A. That just isn't fair. I mean, if you spent your – I agree with you. It's annoying to always hear, you know, is Dak Prescott the future of the Dallas Cowboys or is LeBron James going to win another title every single day when you put those shows up on TV? But – if you were talking about instead, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic is the MVP over Embiid because his PER is four points higher and his points per 100 possession when he's off the floor is, you know, 12 and a half over Embiid and Giannis. I think if that's what Dan is saying Stephen A should be doing more of, like journalism-based, fact-based, you know, reporting and, and storytelling and discussion about sports – I think that that would be a disservice to the program in terms of trying to get the biggest audience, which is ultimately yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah, and, and to kind of zero in on one part of Dan Lebitard's comments, I, look, 
I don't want to be a gatekeeper and say that only a certain subset of people have the credentials to be able to argue about sports in a public forum. I don't think it's fair to be exclusionary and just say, well, you know what? It, it can only be journalists and former athletes. Uh, if that were the case, Mike Bell uh, wouldn't wouldn't have the credentials to be on our radio station. Andy Bunker wouldn't have the credentials to be on our radio station. Um, you, Chris, uh, unless you're a former athlete that I'm aware of, or uh, unless you I, count uh, professional beer drinking as a sport, then no, you have, you have journalistic credentials. I, I I should probably be careful. And actually, I apologize to Andy as well. Andy has journalistic credentials as well, so. I apologize. Andy has journalistic experience from Seattle and Portland. So I, I'm, I am kind of forgetting that, but you know, Mike Bell is an entertainer, right. you know, who's worked in a lot of radio jobs and is passionate about sports and has strong opinions about sports, which is why he's really good on a sports talk radio station. But if Levitard wants to be exclusionary and say, well, you have to have journalistic credentials in order to be able to debate sports on a public forum, you're going to be eliminating a lot of people. Including his own partner, John Stugatz Wiener, who is as essential to what he does as yep. any any part of what Stephen A. Smith yep, does. Sir. You're going to be eliminating John Chuckery. You're going to be eliminating Mike Bell, as I said. Uh, you're going to be eliminating Greg Clarkson, who does a great job with Sam on weekends. Like, no, I, I, I don't think I don't think we should be gatekeepers like that. If you're entertaining, informative, and funny, I don't care what you've done in the past. I want to hear more of it. So that that part, I think, really kind of irks me from Levitard because look around the room, and you're right when you mentioned Stu Gatz. Look around the room. Look at your father, Levitard, who, <laughs> who added, I think, quite a bit to his show Highly Questionable. Um, you know, how does he fit in? It, it, you know, why would... What gave him the license under your your standard to be able to go on and, and debate sports on television? So I, I don't like the gatekeeping. Um, I think as long as you're entertaining, informative, and funny, you can do this. Yeah, it's not any. It's not Dan Levitard's place to say because your background is X, Y, and Z. I think you should be held to a higher standard to do. Right. No, St Stephen A. Smith is incredibly successful at what he does, makes more money than you or I could ever dream of 10 lifetimes over, and is immensely popular with the key demographic for ESPN. That's why he's their, that's why he's their ace. That's why he's their QB1 for right. good reason. And Dan Levitard and ESPN had the falling out that they did. All right, on that note, that'll do it for this episode of the Off-Air Podcast. Mike Conti, the head honcho. Follow him at Mike Conti 929. I am at C Thomas Radio. Next time we will have more frivolity and shenanigans. And hopefully I will not be getting potentially kicked out of anywhere anytime soon. Talk to you guys <laughs> in a couple of days.